Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, Katie and I are going to be continuing the conversation that we started last week and that we had to end because we really just got too caught up talking about the first topic. So today we're talking about vices and any particular vices that we are trying to overcome. And then we're going to be talking about maybe a way to discern between you know, physiological things in your bodies, hormones that are taking place, hormonal re- reactions versus maybe a sinful response. How, how do you distinguish between those two things? And so Katie's going to speak to that more than I am. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure you can count on me giving my two bits nonetheless. So with that said, we'll get things rolling. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Okay, Elisha, do you just want to dive right into this episode? Sure. Do you have anything you want to say ahead of time? No, I mean, yeah, I feel like, no, there's no like sales we need to talk about or. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's not. We've, uh, for everybody, December is a huge month. Yeah. It's very, very full. I feel like just with the family side, traveling, Christmas, and then work-wise, it's a very big month for us as we close out the year. And so I feel like like July and December are kind of hmm. months that I like look at like I'm going to white knuckle my way through that month. <laughs> yeah, Katie- but it's been really good. Elisha's taken the brunt of it for sure. But it, I feel like it's hard on me even to see how much you're working and just being like, I hope he's okay and he doesn't burn out. I am grateful with how my health feels and how supportive you've been of... I mean, you've played a huge role in everything you always do in regards to the business, but then I've just witnessed it and experienced it so firsthand this, these last couple of weeks of how advantageous advantageous it is to have someone in your corner, namely your wife, your spouse, that is supporting everything that you're doing, even if it's not in this like direct hands-on way. And what I mean is like, yeah, it does feel like we've been working a ton. You were just talking about, I think yesterday you were talking about how anytime we are traveling, it's a double, it feels like this double whammy because we have to batch all of our work in advance. And so the week leading up to any travel we do feels like a double work week because it kind of is. Yeah. It's double or sometimes it's triple. Like this week was a triple work week because we're we're gone gone for for two weeks. A couple weeks. Um, And then... So, so you feel that the week leading up or the couple weeks leading up to travel and then travel in and of itself is something that Katie and I, even though we've got f- great memories and we love the experiences and, uh, that, that come from traveling, it's also exhausting. And I think most people can relate with that when, when you've got a young family, mm-hmm. um, and you're not sleeping in your own beds and you're not eating from your own kitchen, it really can take its toll on you physically. And so we, as much as we love getting out and traveling and going places, there's also kind of like an ominous feeling that we get whenever a trip is approaching. Yeah, well, because then we're usually pretty wiped out when we come home. You guys relate to that. You know, you have all the extra work and the, of coming home, just like unpacking and stuff like that. And then usually we're a little behind on stuff. Mm. So we got to get going again. Anyways, yeah, traveling is not my favorite thing in the world. But like you said, I really enjoy the memories. I'm really excited for uh, both things that we're going to. One. Yes. Or- is the Christmas concerts and kind of an early Christmas at Elisha's family's. And then from there, 
we are flying down to Southern California for my brother Baylor's wedding. And I'm super excited about that. We're bummed we can't be there for all the festivities leading up to it. It was just crazy. We're missing another cousin's wedding the day after. Like we just couldn't make everything that was going on in December, basically. Yeah. And I just want to make sure everybody knows when I'm talking about the these tiny little minor challenges that we face with traveling, we love like we're talking about this from a standpoint of loving everything that we get to do. Like Katie just yeah. said, we're yeah. so looking forward to the trips, the trip that we're going on. And then even in, when I'm talking about doing twice the work or three times the work, that it's even actually kind of silly hearing myself say it. And I don't even want it to come across as a complaint because I literally get to do everything I do. I love doing, and there's never a part of me that is resentful towards the work that I get to do, um, because I love it and I believe in it and I'm so grateful that I get to do it. Um, but then there just becomes a shortage of, of hours. That's really all that yeah. it is, is it's like, and wow, energy I, and sure there's, there's an en- energy expenditure, but I I'm grateful. Everybody has to spend their energy on something. And so I'm grateful that I get to spend my energy on this. I'm re- I really am. And, um, yes. so the last thing I want this, uh, that to come across as is though we're like complaining because we literally love everything that we get to do. Yeah. I'm complaining. Elisha's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. I'm just tired. Okay. So what is one? Okay. I actually didn't think we need to do this se- question separate. Second. Second. Okay. We're, so we're switching the order. Yeah. We're switching the order. Okay. These are questions we got on Instagram. And we thought they'd be fun to talk about here on the podcast. Okay. How do you determine if negative feelings are from hormone issues or a sinful nature? I think that's really good. Yeah. I think that's a great question. So I was laying in bed thinking about this. How do you determine if negative feelings are from hormone issues or a sinful nature? I... Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. I'm just going to kind of go out on a limb. We're just going to have a conversation here, you guys. So, so share your thoughts. All right. And by when she says, correct her, if she's wrong, like write us a, write us a letter. No, I'm saying wrong, you right? correct me oh, if me. I'm wrong. I thought Alicia. you were telling our audience to no. correct. <laughs> you guys can just weigh in and say your opinions on this. Whenever it comes to feelings, feelings are a physiological response to something, Right. Or emotional. Yeah, yeah, it's an emotion. It's something we, like, it's in our bodies. Sure. And we can't necessarily, like hunger, like like any kind of drive or emotion or feeling, we can't necessarily control where feelings come from or how feelings come. Sometimes they're coming from hormones. Sometimes they're coming from the situation. I don't think it makes any feeling sinful, necessarily to just feel the feeling. I think it's what we do with that feeling that makes it sinful or not. Mm -hmm. So I think hormone issues can be a root of a feeling that's sinful or a feeling that we have to surrender to the Lord and move past and choose not to act on or to wallow in. Yeah. I think that there's probably some definitive line that is hard to identify for us humans as to when it crosses over to sin. Cause clearly we're told in the Bible that Jesus was tempted as every man's been tempted and yet he was without sin. And so that makes it very clear that being tempted is, is not sinning. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a sin to feel the temptation 
to, you know, to lust or to lash out in anger. Um, but then it's hard to know, okay, well then did Jesus feel, um, like anxiety? Did he feel anger, you know, unrighteous anger? Did he feel when he's praying in Gethsemane and he's, I don't know if I said that right. And he's like dripping blood. I think he's anxious about what's happening. Mm. You know, he's like, Lord, let this cup pass from me. Yeah. He's not experiencing positive emotion. That's all yeah. I can say. Yeah. No, you're right. And, and, and I'm just, I'm not disagreeing with anything that you're saying. Cause I do think that having, being tempted or feeling a certain way does not automatically make it sinful. Even if it's a negative feeling, like you're, you're feeling frustrated or you're feeling anger. angry, ang- yeah, anger. And then, Bitter. and I, and sometimes I, I think that the, uh, it's obviously a, a sin when you act out in those things, like you act out in lust or you act out in anger. Um, but I would venture to guess that there's also a level where it becomes sin, even when you're not acting out yeah. where you're just dwelling on the feeling yeah. and you're not taking those thoughts captive and you're not renewing your mind and you're not choosing to dwell on what's lovely and good and of good report. Um, but I, that's, that's where I'm saying the line probably is different with like each person. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I was thinking about this cause like feelings are such a, like they're a vague thing. They're hard to put our finger on. And I think of that if, if we take the feelings away and we say, okay, a guy, we make it purely physical, right? So a guy that's traveling and is gone from his wife for three weeks is going to experience a lot more temptation sexually, probably, than a guy that's home consistently, you know, loving on his wife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like there's just because there's a physical need there, there's something that's physically happening that's not necessarily wrong, but it makes the temptation, like the the line to sin, shorter and easier than it is in a different scenario. And I feel like that when it comes to hormones, right? Cause I think hormones are another thing that it can be kind of hard to put our finger on, but they're a physical thing. So when women are on their cycles or we're after we're having babies or all these different things, obviously guys have them too. But I think when we think hormones, we more often think of women, there are periods in our life or seasons in our life, <laughs> I should say, <laughs> where the distance to sin is a lot shorter for us. Like we have a shorter fuse Mm. and that maybe anger towards our children or anxiety um, or, you know, bitterness or snapping at our husbands or our children. It's, we're just easy, more easily tempted in that scenario. But just because we feel those emotions, just like a guy that's away from his wife might feel this sexual desire, doesn't mean you have to, you have to act on it or dwell on it or think about it or wallow in it or all those things, which I think can definitely be sin in our minds, you know? Yeah, I, 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 I agree. And I think that that does, I think that there is some trickiness to this because, um, I think a lot of times it's easy to justify in our own brains yes. sin based off of the season. And okay. Can I, can I say something real quick? Just because that was my whole point of the whole thing Okay, was saying, it's really easy, easy for us to say it is not justifiable for a guy to look at pornography in that situation or, or anything else, right? It's not, we just say, no, it's not justifiable. But then when a woman's on her period, we're like, oh, well, sh- I'm justified in lashing out or being angry or 
you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's I haven't ever heard you to, say that you're justified. And it's a lot easier angry. to justify our hormones, which are a physiological like symptom sometimes, mm-hmm. but we, but other physical needs or drives, we say you should not indulge in those if it's not going to be in a healthy way. Yeah. Okay. Now you could keep going. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, I kind of forgot that you were talking about this in the whole context of basically like female hormones. Cause I, I'm yeah. guessing the person that asked the question is a female, not a male. That's, um, I mean, <laughs> most guys don't ask about their hormonal <laughs> issues. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think that from that perspective, that makes sense that you were going in that direction. Um, but the, the, the reality is, is that circumstances are going to they are going to change. And just as the, you know, there's postpartum seasons where sex is off the table Mm -hmm. for, for pretty much every guy, like that's been in my life. And like, you can walk in victory from sin and there is no, there's no like, you know, a get out of jail free card, so to speak. It's just kind of like, well, it's a tough season. So I indulge in sin. (laughs) Like this is the only, this is the only expression of this uh, desire that I have. It's sinful. Um, Similarly, when, I think you're in stressful seasons or you're short on sleep or finances are tough or the health health is down. Like, yeah, you're far more tempted to maybe be angry, to be anxious, to, to stress and to bring that into your home. Um, but I, I feel like that is a defining fact, a defining characteristic of Christians is that we literally are not bondage to our bodies anymore in Christ. We've okay. been set freed from from any captivity that our bodies had over us prior to Christ and our, the old man is dead and now we're new creations in Christ. And you walk in that by faith as you so learn Christ, you know, walk ye in him. How do we learn? We learned him. We, we came to him by faith and now we walk in and we walk that out in faith, believing that we are no longer slaves to sin, but we are slaves to Christ in righteousness. And that's all encompassing that, that includes the, weird physiological things our bodies go through. It means the sexual temptations that, that, that men and women go through. It means whatever physiological impulses that you have that are not aligned with God's design are, you're not a slave to that. And so when, so that like, you can, you can walk in that. That doesn't mean you walk in perfection with that. Cause I think everybody can say that even since being saved, they've probably succumbed to a physiological sinful desire, um, whether that was anger or lust or whatever it may be. Uh, but then you don't say, Oh, well, it's because this, this, and this it's like, well, no, I did it in spite of everything Christ did for me. Like I did it just cause I was acting like the old man, even though the old man has no power over me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really glad you said that. I think you said really clearly, um, what, like what I wanted to communicate, um, which is just that, that, uh, our bodies have no power over us in Christ. And, and men and women, sometimes we struggle the same way, you know, maybe I think if I think of more a hormonal issue that seems more male, it might be more anger, you know, women struggle with anger issues too. I definitely go through seasons where I was telling Elisha this just recently. I I don't really feel, I'm not talking on this from a, um, from a perspective of, Oh, well, never dealt with that. So it's more like, I feel like I'm in and out of this on the daily. Um, especially the last few months since June, I feel like hormones 
have been a harder deal for me than they have in other seasons of my life. And, um, it's just, I'm constantly reminded, like, I have to thank the Lord for what he's done. I have to ask forgiveness of my kids. I have to ask forgiveness of Elisha and just remember that this isn't who I am in Christ. And I don't have to, I I don't have to wallow in these things Mm -hmm. because sometimes I can feel like, man, I just keep getting hit by wave after wave of emotion of hormones here. And I just feel like it's been hard to get a break. Um, with the pregnancy and then not the pregnancy and then the miscarriage and then just stuff that's been happening since then. And I just feel like, okay, well, I, I don't, I'm not dick like my happiness, the way that I am involved with my family and those around me is not dictated by these. It's just another reminder that I have to rely on the Lord and, and write them out. Yeah. And just to continue on. So I think we've hopefully both established like, you can walk in victory from sin over whatever the physiological impulses are that mm-hmm. are going through your bodies or your body. Um, but then I would go on to say, you know, you quoted the proverb last week that a wise man foresees evil and hideth himself from it and, or the prudent man or whatever it is mm-hmm. foresees. Uh, did I m- totally misquote that? How does it even go? We should probably actual, actually find the reference and, no, that's and list it below. Um, it, it's Proverbs 5 or Proverbs 7. But I think that there are very practical things that Katie and I are both huge advocates of implementing in our life that, that simply to us are just common sense, like rational things to do. And one of those things might be, oh, like if we're really hungry, if we haven't eaten a meal for a long time, like let's not talk about this month's budget, you know, or like, (laughs) let's not plan this week while we're, while we're really hungry. Cause it is, it is bizarre like the difference a half hour can make. If you and I are stressed, we're frazzled, and we are trying to have a serious conversation, and then we just, and, and every and we're getting on each other's nerves, like we keep saying, something, the way the person's saying the thing is starting to rub you wrong, and then you just eat a meal, mm-hmm. and you get your blood sugar back to a healthy place, and you're like, wow, like I'm so optimistic about next week, let's have this conversation. And so we've experienced that so many times since being married that I think we both will just say it. We'll be like, Hey, let's like, let's not have this conversation. Like, Hey, I'm just not in a good place to have this conversation right now. Can we just hold off for a bit? Um, until we get food, till I take a nap till, you know, whatever the case may be. And that's true. There's a lot of wisdom and foreseeing, um, maybe with the situation we can be like, okay, acknowledge this is a really tough situation. What are some things we're going to put in place during this situation to help us through it? Um, if it's a tough time season of life, as far as like time of the month or time of the year, or as far as babies go and come and all that. And so I think there are seasons like that where it's like, okay, I'm going to set up my days. So I'm taking a nap every afternoon so that I do have energy at dinner time and after dinner time. And when Elisha and I have time together, I'm not just like, you know, shooting him and going down and getting bed. <laughs> like, you know, like having that, still having that emotional bandwidth and that energy there. And, um, you do things like that for me too. I feel like we're kind of in that right now, even with it being such a full and busy season and it's really easy for, um, you've been incredibly patient and chill. <laughs> so there's that. 
Thank you. <laughs> I don't think I've had, I, I don't even know why you'd say I'd be patient because I don't feel like I've had to exercise patience. You, you That's honestly, why you're so patient. I've been, I feel like I've been kind of grouchy about certain stuff or having to do certain stuff or no, no, I haven't, I haven't sensed that. I think you're making an effort because I know that you're, okay. you're not feeling a hundred thousand percent. Um, and it's a crazy busy season. I, I don't know. I, we've talked about this before. Like when there's, when you've got margin in your marriage mm-hmm. and I just feel like I'm really grateful that there's, I think there's, there's a for, lot of margin. in our That's how right I now. feel right now. And, and that is the saving grace of this season. Yeah. Yeah. Be- yeah. Because I mean, I forget what I said to you the other day. Oh, it was funny. Okay, so you were getting into the microwave. You were like, Elisha's like chatting with me. Okay, this is after the kids go to bed. Usually Elisha eats like a fourth meal after the kids go to bed. So he's like heating food up in the microwave or like visiting. And all of a sudden he's just like, like, like not stoked anymore. Like in two seconds, (laughs) it felt like to me, I was like, did I say something wrong? Like, and he looked over me and it was just like, no, you didn't. And I was like, Oh, it dawned on me. He's having a blast hanging out with me while he gets his food. And now like he has his food and he's ready to go out in the garage and just chill by himself. Well, I wasn't even chilling. I was working out here in the garage. And, uh, but I think I I said to you, I said, like, I was like, you looked at me and we're just like, why are you still here, woman? I didn't say that, (laughs) but that's how you felt. He didn't. And we were just able to like (laughs) laugh about it and be like, that's hilarious. Like, we were enjoying this time. And then you could tell like it was over in his life. But like at another season of life, I could have been like, oh my word, you never want to hang out with me and like (laughs) blah, blah, blah. But as it is, we were just like, we just laughed and laughed about that. How like the mental switch turned off for him and he was moving on into work mode. But you know, what's funny is that I was so grateful that you you know, did not hold that against me because you certainly could have because it was rude what I did. Oh, no, it was funny. But I did make a mental note because even though we can laugh about it now, I was like, that's actually something to really be aware of in future times when maybe there isn't as much fat on the bone. We don't have that margin in our our marriage where it does... it's, it's a make it or break it type of situation, you know, not make it or break it, but it's a big difference maker when I take the extra five minutes to just finish our conversation and then to go continue, you know, finish whatever I was about prior to the conversation. So that's, what's cool about that is that you can still learn from those situations, even if they're not catastrophic in the moment. Yeah. So it was, yeah, I feel like, like you said, I don't know why we're just, we're loving our marriage right now. So that has been a big blessing. I think it has covered a lot of the bumps of of extra work for Elisha and then just me feeling a little out of sorts. Yeah. And then just kind of getting back to, um, you know, whether or not we are distinguishing between the fit, what's happening in your body hormonally or whether it's a sinful nature uh, situation. Um I do think that I said the whole practical thing, but I think that that can be applied in so many ways. Just knowing that like, it's crazy how Katie and I will just find ourselves like annoyed and, and like our voices get higher and higher and higher. And we're talking to each other in the kitchen. And then finally it's like, why are you yelling at me? It's like, why are you yelling at me? And we're all mad at each other. And we actually didn't start out the conversation that way, but like the kids are rambunctious. They're trying to get their snow shoes on, you know, and like they're missing half of their wardrobe or it's out in the snow, this outside. And like, there's just chaos around us and we don't even register how much stress that's bringing 
into I, our conversation. Yeah, I think I told you the other night. I was like, just so you know, I'm not yelling at you because I'm mad. I'm yelling at you because it's so loud in here. Yeah. It was just like the conversation was getting stressful, but we weren't even talking about anything stressful. Yeah. We we're just trying to yell over the kids playing in the living room. And I think just trying to identify when that's happening and being like, okay, let's not have this important conversation right now. You know, let's just get through the, the situation and get through the the moment and then we can continue this conversation later. And I think you can be even practical with the whole sexual thing too. You know, like again, there sin is sin is sin is never satisfied. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like, oh, if you are satisfied sexually, then you're at home, then you aren't gonna yeah, ever be there, tempted. Because you could have an abundant, robust sexual life that's consistent and frequent and still be living in sin simultaneously. Yes. Likewise, you it could be a season where you're not physically ca- able to have a consistent sex life and you can be walking freed from sin. Yes. You know, you can be walking in purity and be you know, just have a clear conscience before your wife before the Lord in that time. However, it's nice when you're able to um, you know, exercise the physical aspect of um, of the sexual relationship with with your spouse prior to there being a season, you know, or a few days of of being apart, you know, of, yeah. of being apart. Abstinence. <laughs> Abstinence. And, uh, and so I think that's something that, that again, is it this, oh, make it or break it? Like, oh, dang it, we didn't, you know, have sex seven times today and Elisha's leaving for his trip <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Elisha's leaving for his trip tomorrow. I can't trust it. No, that's not how it is. No. But it is always nice to be able to like know when, when breaks are coming and, to, you know, just kind of... Yeah, knowing Schedule that I'm, your life around it. he's yeah. like getting sent off satisfied, not like a starving animal, <laughs> is <laughs> is peace of mind for both of us. Yeah. I think so. Uh, also, I miss you when you're gone, so. Likewise. There's that. Likewise. Um, yeah, so it's funny. I'm like thinking of all these scenarios. Literally last week when we went out on a date, we were sitting there. I was so hungry, like so hungry. I was in a terrible mood. And you kept asking me questions. And at the dinner table, I think I just told you, I'm in a really bad mood right now and I Mm. need to eat. I was like, can you just tell me about your day or something? And so Elisha just told me all about what he was doing and a hobby he was into. And it was great. And it like took my mind off stuff. And then we ate and then we had a blast talking afterwards. But I feel like I could have said some things I really regretted afterwards Mm. because I just didn't like anyone or anything. Mm. Um, So (laughs) there's just... When really, I I liked Elisha and I wanted to have a good time with him. So anyways, I'm just going to read this question one more time. How do you determine if negative feelings are from hormonal issues or sinful nature? I don't think we need to be so concerned, I guess. I, I'm usually less concerned about where those are cropping up from, like where's the root and just how do we address them? Mm-hmm. Because once the feeling's there, it's there. Um, so obviously I can feel anger for hormones completely out of it. And I can feel unrighteous anger towards a child because they're getting on my nerve or towards, towards Elisha or any of those things, Mm -hmm. which is just a straight up, uh, sin, sin cropping up, but it, I can nip it in the bud just because the feeling is there does not mean it's a sin. I don't think. Yeah. Right. Just cause it's like, it like Like rears its head. It's like, no, you're go away. You know, I, I can work through this and yes. walk free from it. Yeah. I can walk free from this. Yeah. And I'm I'm not having to turn it into a sin issue. I don't think feelings in and of themselves, I guess, are a sin issue. I think it's what we do next. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know yeah. if any feeling when it just like is there is like, oh man, I sinned because I felt that feeling. You know? 
Yeah, again. Maybe. Maybe I, well, there no, are situations I, I, where I that's the case. Yeah. But I think they're more rare than us just feeling something, not knowing why or knowing what's doing it, and then choosing to um, remember that we're righteous in Christ and walk in that. Yeah, I, that is the whole, and that kind of goes into the next question, probably a little bit about like vices and things we're trying to overcome and whatnot. Because even Can we read it. Well, yeah, but just before okay. we, I, 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 we're just like learning and growing every day as Christians, and the Bible tells us we should be to be growing, you know, to to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. We're told that time and time again throughout the throughout the Old and the New Testament, really, in different in different variations of that, um, and so. Growth is a part of being a Christian. Like people might call it the sanctification process or just Christian maturity, but there is growth that takes place in a believer's life. And I say that to say, like I'll be with people where it it seems like just a half second feeling of like anxiety, they feel guilty about and they need to confess it. And I don't want to like, mock that or laugh at that just because I wouldn't feel it's like, man, there, it, there comes a point where it's like your conscience before the Lord. And if it's this, it's maybe it's been a besetting sin in times past. And you're like, oh boy, I can't believe I let myself, you know, get upset or, mm-hmm. or get stressed or, or, or whatever it is. And, and I think in times past, I've been like, wow, man, like you are almost been critical towards how sensitive people are towards feelings that they've had as opposed to, and maybe me, maybe being like, man, you're way too uptight and you don't know how like much victory there is in Christ. Almost having that type of response mm-hmm. to it versus everybody's like, I, everybody is, I don't know. Cause I've had times where certain things I'm, con- I'm just convicted of certain things. I mean, I've, I've talked probably far too much about my, my trouble with sleeping and the anxiety I've felt, um, at nighttime and, and, in, and, and in bed. And I accepted that just like as this normal thing for a long time until it's like I started reading so much of the Bible through the lens of like, oh my word, we're told explicitly to be anxious for nothing. You know, and then there's the Psalms that we're memorizing with the kids about the watchman that waiteth in vain, you know, like because Psalm it's, 127. Because it's the Lord that that protects and he's the one. And and all of a sudden it's like, boy, I was convicted about that that, especially throughout this season of like, oh my word this feeling of anxiety was a sin issue. And because of like the way I feel like the Lord revealed it to me. And, and I guess I talked about it so casually for like years, like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I didn't sleep last night at all. I was just stressed out and anxious laying in bed and move on with life. And it's like, I talked about that thing casually. And then you go to God's word and I, I can't talk about that casually anymore. You know, it's like, that's actually a, 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 for me, that's become a sin issue. You know, if I'm laying in anxiety night after night, when God's told me explicitly, be anxious for nothing, but in all things with prayer and supplication, make your requests, you know, may known unto the Lord. And so I don't know if that makes any sense, but... You're saying like, if someone's sensitive towards a, a sin feeling cropping yes. up and feeling that guilt from it right away there might be something there. Yes. And you just need to like confess it and we're free in Christ and we can move on. Exactly. We don't have to let that define who we are. But it doesn't mean that we have to just be like, be all cavalier and be like, well, that wasn't a sin or whatever. If we're feeling that guilt, then it's definitely worth repenting of. That's exactly right. I don't want to be cavalier, but I also don't want to dwell on it so much that I forget about the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus and my actual identity 
having nothing to do with that sin, but having it to do with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's the second question here. And, and this one will be quicker. What's one vice that you're always praying to overcome? This gal wants the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because at first when I read that, I think I've used vice in a very casual way. Like you kind of say it jokingly, you know, like, oh, you know, my coffee or the, yeah. the cookie at nighttime or the whatever, your treat. Um, maybe, you know, a show or you know, a TV show or something. Then I like looked up vice and it's got like, it's like, it says like Im- immoral activity, you know, like. Oh, wow. And so yeah, that's, I feel like that's not how it's mainly used at all. It's more used more flippantly. I think so too. For the most part. Yes. And so I think at least based off of like, you know, Google, a vice based off their definition is more of like an overtly sinful habit. Well, I took that to mean what this gal was saying too, because she said, she didn't say like, what's one vice you have in like a fun, like playful way. It was like, what's one vice that you're always praying to overcome? So it's like, it's this mountain. You know, if you're praying to overcome it all the time, then it's pretty big. Hmm. And, um, yeah. So do you have something you'd like to say? To well, that? I think I would have said a lot more things prior to looking up that definition, <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying, because I, I think there are many things that, I mean, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> pornography is a clearly a sin. There's no like, there's no healthy amount of pornography consumption, right? Yes, or of yes. like adultery or of unfaithfulness to your wife. There's no like doing that in moderation, right? Yes. That in and of itself is sinful and wrong. And there's things that like, I know we've talked about alcohol recently, but it's like, yeah, there are, there are healthy and non-sinful consumptions of, or ways to consume alcohol, mm-hmm. right? Where you can do it in a healthy, moderate way. And then there's clearly unhealthy ways to consume alcohol. And so those are two, I mean, I'm just saying two things, but like, yeah, you just went deep dive. Yeah. Deep dive right the there. point in me saying those things is that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't say that there are these overtly sinful things such as pornography. And, and I'm not saying I've never um, fallen into pornography since even being no. married. And we've talked not, about that. That's not your vice. That's not a consistent besetting sin. Yes. And and similarly with, with alcohol, I can't mm-hmm. say like, oh, man, I just, I you know, I get the, the shakes when, no. when like it's, it's never been that. Um, and so... I'm not saying that I, I've got zero. This is not like me saying I don't have any issues or vices. Like, I well, think, I don't get drunk and I don't. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm no. not unfaithful so to my wife. I'm good. Well, that's actually kind of a scary thing. I think in a lot of um, Christianity is categorizing various big sins like that mm-hmm. and being like, well, I think I'm good. Like, I haven't mm-hmm. gotten drunk in this long. I haven't lusted after another woman that's not my wife in this long. I think I'm I'm doing good. And, the, and especially, you know, to go on the Sermon of the Mount, that we're, that, like God's standard is so much higher than these overt sins that we like to categorize as like, the dirty dozen or something, you know, like these yeah. are, these are the bad Probably ones. like four or five. I doubt there's even a dozen that yeah. we would put up on a list of like really bad things to do. I don't know, maybe 12. Maybe. Yeah. But actually, you know, I say, and we've talked about this before, I'd say a vice, you could call it that probably that we've worked through in our marriage that I've had is, is a uh, un- lying, you know, like not being truthful oh, yeah. 
where it's like I would have a I would have a way of you know extrapolating details that put myself in a better light and then you come away and you're like actually you were lying you know like you weren't just like withholding some facts or kind of like you know telling the story in a more colorful way you were being deceitful and that was that was something that I think we've worked through since being married I don't know how would you answer this question yeah I know at first I I genuinely, when I saw the question, I thought, well, nothing. And then I thought, well, that sounds super stuck up. So I need to keep thinking about this. Hmm. There was nothing, um, the, like there hasn't been a consistent thread through my life where I would say it's like my vice and I am constantly praying to overcome this one thing. I do feel like I am bespeckled by dozens of little things at any given time that I am praying through and working through and convicted of. So, um, like, like, I don't feel like I have this one Achilles heel. I feel like I have all these different little things like impatience with my kids. That's big. You know, that's something on a daily basis. Um, I impatience and wanting things done now is something of mine that I've had to that I'm continually praying <laughs> daily. It's a daily prayer to the Lord and communion with him as I'm going throughout my day. Um, as, yeah, especially when things just get chaotic and I just lose it. I'm like, everyone sit down, you know, and they, all my kids like freeze and look at me like what on earth? Uh, anyways, so those moments happen and I'm like, you guys, I am so sorry. And I have to apologize to my kids for blowing up on them. So that is something for sure. And I, I hope that I'm growing in that. I assume that I am because I feel like I was just as impatient with one kid and now I have four. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like that's a growth area for me. I mean, I think things like being critical of Elisha, of like just nitpicking at him for no reason. I f- like having that whole control, like, like wanting him to like want to go to bed at the exact same time that I do and be feeling like a movie on the night. I'm feeling like a movie and feeling like alone time on the night when I'm feeling like alone time. Like maybe it's, you could say selfishness, um, but just having to work through that. Cause there'll be times when I'm like mad and I'm like, there's literally no reason for this except for I'm being a baby about what I want in this situation. And this doesn't happen a lot. Elisha loves me so, so well. And it's, it's never on his end. And I have to work through it and pray through, um, just the expectations that I have for an evening, you know, little petty things. I think pettiness in general, I think me just being petty. Um, I also think I treasure my husband and my children so much. And sometimes I have, I just want to like go away in a little cave and live my little life and not invest in anyone outside of that. And I think that's something that I have to pray through because I can see everyone else is an inconvenience to my life instead of this is what the Lord has for me to do and the people I have to pour into. Uh, he wants me to pour into and not seeing it as this duty, but as a joy to be able to give in situations. So I don't know, you guys, there's like, there's a lot of things at any given time that um, it, it, some things are stronger at, at some seasons than others, you know, pride. <laughs> well, yeah, I just, so my answer was part one of a two-part answer. Okay, okay, Elisha's taking back the mic. Did I give you any good ideas? <laughs> you know, it was because I was answering it in kind I, of in I'm light of the, 
What's that? I'm glad you did. I uh, think that set the stage really well. Okay. I was answering it in light of like I, what I felt like the definition on Google was. Like this thing in and of itself is immoral. And like I said, the sex, the pornography, like there is no healthy way mm-hmm. to do that. So that'd be like, of to me, that's how I feel like Google defined it. Does that make sense? Or it's really like, big besetting sins. Yeah. And it's like one thing that there's no, there's no way to do this thing in moderation in and of itself. It is sinful. Right. And then I think things, the way we usually talk about vice, especially within the church are things that aren't necessarily bad in and of themselves, but then become sinful because, or they become a vice because of maybe your lack of self-control with it, or because you're coping with it and you're using it essentially to mask something or to, it's like an, as escapism. And I think that's far more common. And that's something that I can definitely relate to and be like, Oh yes, absolutely. Without a doubt, since being married, there's been vices and there are ongoing vices. Then that can be things as simple as like carbohydrates, you know, just like quick food for people where it's like, Oh man, like my, my chips and cheese at nighttime or the, the sugar or bread and bread and jam, you know, bread, butter, and jam. (laughs) Gotcha. No, I I'm feel joking. like that's been at different times in my life for sure. I'm, I'm teasing you. Hot cereal? Um, or, uh, I'd be more like chocolate. And then definitely media, you know, like that's a, that's a big one. I think like, I know uh, video games, movies, TV shows for me, sports media has been a huge thing where you like, look at anything when you just isolate it by itself and you're like, Oh, that in and of itself is not wrong or not a vice, but then it becomes a vice and it becomes sinful because of how you're using it or abusing it. And you have no self-control with it. Um, and so that's, again, I felt like I took way too long answering the first part of the question when, when I think that I'm guessing most people use the term vice in that second way where it's like something's become a vice that there is a healthy way. I think that's not sinful to enjoy media. You know, like there is a healthy way to enjoy carbohydrates. You know, like there is a healthy way to enjoy probably caffeine or coffee. Maybe I don't know. You know, people I'm sure would argue that one, but uh, <laughs> but then they can certainly Mama become Janice. they can become vices. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, yes. And, and I become reliant on them. Yes. I say early on in marriage, I used I did a ton of escapism in sports. Like that was something where just every single day I was watching highlights, following teams, re, you know, in season, out of season following trades, following the free agent market for, for all the, for all the major sports really, which is a year round job. Like it's a big commitment if you're going to be a fan. And I mean, you got to think of it though. We're living in a one bedroom apartment. Elisha goes from having complete freedom to having me, his shadow stuck to him at all times. And it's like, no, you aren't going to doing anything without me because then I'm here alone. Uh, so I think then, that makes sense. And then I know video games is, is a common one for a lot of people. That one, just because I, I was never, ever a gamer, is not something that was ever a part of our life. Like we've never had video games ever. You well, know, like I've that's never actually a big and, reason why our kids aren't playing video games ever as, as far as as long as we can control that. Because once you have the desire for it, you always have it there. Like you're you always would like to do it. You know, it's something you have to fight against. Like, like movies, for instance, I have to fight against watching movies because I really enjoy them. Um, and so, but I think neither of us grew up playing video games at all. And we've been so grateful because we're like, that is so cool that we just never have to fight spending our time there. It doesn't show up on the radar as far as like, that sounds like a fun thing to do. Yeah. Whereas like fo- a football game, yeah, like an NFL game was like, wow, I could see spending four and a half hours on Sunday afternoon watching a game still sounds nice to me. Like 
regularly. That is insane. Does that? Isn't that crazy? Oh my word! Like I've got that that desire to do that. Games are. It is. It's it's nuts. And like, it's crazy how much time can be spent in that whole. Yeah. Once once you're invested, and so what I'm saying is, I'm grateful that I don't. So, like, I guess I have I've got zero judgment towards anybody that has a desire to spend many hours playing video games because I know how I've got a desire to to spend to so all the more hours, you know, consuming sports. Well, and like you mentioned, none of these things in and of themselves are inherently wrong at all. So we aren't condemning these things because we're bringing them up. No, right. but I, I, I would, I, I do think it, it is wrong cross to cross into that. Yeah, exactly. I do think it's wrong for, for me. Like it is me exercising self-control to not spend all of Sunday afternoon watching football. Does that Having make sense? Like, cross into gluttony at the neglect of other things. I think of that even with, I, I can be, I can do that with books. I have to be careful because especially with certain fiction authors, I get invested and then it's just like, that's like all my brain's thinking about and that's all I want to do. And so, yeah, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel, I don't even know if that answers the question. Probably. We probably didn't satisfy anybody's curiosity there. <laughs> I don't, I do well, regret answering the first one. Like, oh yeah, I don't have any vices. I don't, I don't want don't people regret to, that. Cause I, I think that I, the, I could go through a whole list of like, I mean, I can continue. I talked about the sports thing, but like, yeah, just like there'll be times where it's like, oh, I'm going to eat healthier. And then all of a sudden you get bored or tired or you want something easy and you just keep going to the same, like, you know, junk food. Um, well, and- I feel like Elisha's genes kind of did him a disservice and he's so active because Elisha, you could eat whatever you want and still look like a steel no, that's Sweet not true. God. You're, you're, you're flattering me. And, and but see, no, that's, but I think it's true. The problem is though, is that it's not good for my health. Trust like, me, I know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't want you I to know, think I that, want like, you to live forever, but I'm just saying like, it doesn't, it doesn't show in a physical sense. Like if I eat a lot of sugar, I get a whopping cold sore that scars on my face and makes me want to crawl underground for two weeks. Hmm. So that's like a nice little thing in place there. As we've had more kids, I eat more sugar too. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm holding on to weight. That's a new thing, you know, but you're still like, well, I got it, the adolescent. But it's going to hit me guy. at some point, right? I don't know. Yeah, You're hoping not, uh, apparently. I don't think so. <laughs> Ugh, boy, boy. The but best is yet to come. Yeah. So I, I don't feel like I've got zero like high and mighty pious feelings when people ask me about like, oh, do you have vices? I'm like, yeah, I, yes, I do. And it's like, (laughs) and that can be at different times. It has been TV shows. It's been movies. Um, yeah, but I'd say like an ongoing consistent one probably is. Yeah. I don't, I, I wouldn't say that you have an ongoing consistent vice. I just wouldn't Hmm. having lived with you for six and a half years. You know, I think, I think like a lot of things are circumstantial that will kick us into both going through certain vices sometimes together. Um, or we both pick our own vice and then stay in those for a while. And then we look at each other and like, this is not the life we want, (laughs) you know? So, but I feel like it's more like a seasonal vice thing. Yeah. (laughs) Seasonal (laughs) vices. Anyways. Yeah. So Hopefully we uh, shared enough. And I, and I would say just to wrap things up with the whole like, okay, well then how do you overcome maybe video games or how do you overcome 
consuming a ton of sports media or media in general or wasting time on your phone or eating unhealthy. Well, first off, like if it's a conviction thing, I think you have to bring it to the Lord and know that you're free to walk away, you know, to walk free from that thing. Because I think those things, each one of those things can become a sin thing. Absolutely. And become a true vice. Yes. Um, But I do think it is helpful. I'm not saying like, oh, this is the one golden ticket. But I think something that's been helpful for Katie and I is being clear on what we actually do want. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times we just focus on like, oh, this is not good. This is not good. This is not good. And we, and then we keep doing it. We keep doing it. It's like, well, okay, wait a second. What do we actually want our life to look like? And then start being proactive and spending your time doing that instead. And I think that's been the biggest reason I've gone through huge seasons of not caring about sports is because I'm so consumed doing other things that I'm really passionate about and excited about. You don't have to be like, don't, I really want to watch sports, but I'm not going to Yes, because you're so interested in other things. I think that's huge. What are we turning towards instead of what are we turning away from? Honestly, that's our Christian walk Yeah, because it is very easy to wallow in the sin of what we did today, of the sin of the past. And it's not what we're turning away from. It's who we're turning to. We're turning towards Christ and what he has done and his finished work. And when we have our eyes fixed in that direction, our minds are just in a completely different state than when we're trying to not do the sin that, and, and just trying to white knuckle, um, our way through life with this sin on our back. And I think of that with our kids too, this has been a really helpful parenting tool for us in the season is, okay, instead of just focusing on the child's negative behavior, what are we turning that behavior towards? What are we replacing it with? You know, if a little boy is just antagonizing his sisters all day, well, maybe we need to give him a lot more problems to solve in his life that are keeping his mind engaged so he's not being mischievous yes. or, or going outside more to burn off the energy so we aren't just shrieking like little aliens inside. You know, there's so many different things where with our own behavior and with our children's behavior in just a really practical way, it turn them towards something and trying to, instead of trying to turn them away from whatever the thing is. Yes. We've talked about this with adolescents already. Our kids clearly are not adolescents, (laughs) but I read an article and I know this is getting long, but I read an article that was so good. And it was saying in adolescence when, which I'm terrified of because I do not understand men. And it just seems like such a bummer that teenage boys get this like super big sex drive and can't do anything with it in a healthy way. (laughs) And we have three boys. And so, yeah, anyway, so, so that's something that weighs on me, but Elisha's the man and he's going to help him through that. But they were saying, um, turn your son towards things like adrenaline doesn't need to be a bad thing for boys going through adolescence. If they have something that is getting them really excited, that is, you know, taking all their mental energy and their emotional energy and, and consuming them in another direction it can be helpful for them to ha- get kind of obsessive during this season of life about, um, you know, riding a dirt bike or building something or, you know, just giving them these big goals that are all consuming. And maybe you're like, okay, this is a little unhealthy, but it can consume them in the right ways. So they don't just have all this time on their hands and all this mental energy to just kind of lay around and stress out about their hormones that yeah. they're going through. So I don't know. It's just always on my mind that whole, what are we, what are we turning ourselves towards to? And ultimately it's Christ. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. You've got to be turning towards Christ. Like, 
that is the only only way. I mean, you talk about big vices, you know, besetting sins, little th- whatever. If you want to categorize them or not categorize them, the only freedom from any of them is going to be found in Jesus Christ um, and what He's accomplished and who mm-hmm. He is. You know, looking unto Jesus, the Author and the Finisher of our faith. Um, yeah, and and so with that, we will close. Is that right? See you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.